I got no excuses for all of these goodbyes. Call me when it's over, cause I'm dying inside. Hi guys, hi Barney. Oh, hi. Wow, cool, Angela. I didn't know you could play the trumpet. That's the problem. I can't. Mm. I just started taking lessons and I'm not doing very well. It's a very, very serious thing to want to take your own life, to consider taking your own life and taking your own life. I think there are some people who might say, well, if this is what's happening to your daughter, then why in the world would you put her in Hollywood and put her under more pressure? I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know why I do it every, every, every time It's only when I'm lonely Hi, welcome to Last Minute Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's exhausted from taking a pickaxe at Donald Trump's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame at 5 a.m. this morning. Just kidding. Matt only wakes up at 5 a.m. for royal weddings and the police knocking at his door looking for missing Disney Channel actors. <laughs> I love how like a biggest story. First of all, I think the Trump thing's been hit, hit like 10 times now or so. Mm-hmm. George Lopez. Don't forget George Lopez peed on, pretended to pee on it like two weeks ago. It's become the new area where you can become f- quickly famous. Well, it's right in front of like the Hooters, isn't it? I believe. Around yes. there. Very appropriate. Very appropriate. So, like you're already there. <laughs> very so, like, appropriate. You may as well deface it. Very, by the way, you see that Stormy Daniels' husband has uh, filed for divorce from her? Mm-hmm. I was like, what are, I was wondering, what was the straw that broke the camel's back for that guy? <laughs> like, like <laughs> after, after all the shit they went through, this is the same guy like she beat up because he folded the laundry wrong. <laughs> He assaulted. I'm sure he assaulted her many times as well. I and assumed it was a money grab, honestly. The divorce. Yeah. Now that she has, she doesn't have the big cash though yet because the book deal. The only thing, I, the only thing I can understand about the lawsuit is that she cannot, she cannot publish a book about sleeping with Donald Trump because it's, the NDA is still in effect. So the whole point of the lawsuit, other than publicity for herself and more stripper dollars, is that she could actually write a book like. That time I fucked Trump, basically. Right. And she couldn't get sued, and she wouldn't get sued. Otherwise, no publisher will take it on. And I assume she'll get a million dollars for that, or some. But as time goes on, I think she the value of that book goes down and down, because everyone doesn't don't, they don't care anymore. It's been going on for eight months now. Yeah, I don't. I mean, what's what school? That, like, I don't. I'm asking rhetorically, what school does her daughter go to and she shows up to like the parent teacher conferences? I'm just picturing the other parents like, what the fuck? Like, now we got to change schools again. You know, I mean, just imagine. Actually, in LA, I think she'd do pretty well. I think she'd be pretty popular. Really? The parents, yeah, the parents are very avant garde, especially anti Trump stuff, but also they like to pretend that they're very progressive. So they would at least, well, let's say in her, in, to her face, they'd be very polite, extremely polite. Behind her back, of course, they talk about her a lot. What is that's, just, pro- that's just women. What's progressive about like taking advantage of someone and looking freakish? That the, like I, I despise Trump, but you're not automatically progressive just because you're like filing frivolous lawsuits. No. Oh, by the way, I, the uh, the new thing I love. I always say Trump's greatest superpower is the fact that his opponents are so retarded. <laughs> I mean, so the, the big thing they had on CNN was CNN leaked a tape of him telling his lawyer to pay the playboy, uh, Karen McDougal, the hot super, I met her, super hot playmate yeah. that they had sex with, to pay her in cash. And Trump said, no, pay her by check or something. They had an argument over this. And like, this is a big scandal. Like, I don't know. He was married. He slept with the playboy model. He's giving her a check to go away. That's like, 
the only cool thing I can think about Trump. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fact that he bangs playboy playmates and they just wrote him checks to shut up. And the media, too, has this fallacy going that people buy into, which is like, this is just the first of nine more tapes. <laughs> and you're like, okay, so you, I know you didn't release the most boring one first. Yes. So it's obviously going to get more innocuous from this point going forth. Um, also, I mean, Cohen's engaged in criminal. He most likely paid her with campaign funds. Well, I, you um, know what? Honestly, I don't, even, I don't even care about that. I think this is the only cool thing that he does. Well, also, do you I, think Republicans would care about that if Obama paid off a point? No, I, yeah, so I don't always want to go back and forth like, oh, well, Obama did this or whatever. But obviously, the, no, I, but there I would think, have been crosses burning on lawns across the Yeah, probably. Country. Although I don't think those, like, those really conservative Christian Republicans actually like Trump. I just think he's like the devil they know or whatever it is. I don't think they have a picture of him on the wall next to Jesus. I think they know he's a sinner. They know he's a sinner. I mean, the good thing about Trump that he had going for him was that he said all this shit on Howard Stern like 10 years ago. Right. He basically confessed to banging models like 10 years ago. So he, not, he basically inoculated himself from these revelations. So now they're trying to look at the, oh, where'd the money, but where did the money come from? I would like to see the, the ranks of like CNN executives and how often they've paid, they've paid off prostitutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a stupid thing. As far as I know, every rich guy in this country is doing the exact same thing. And if they're not, they, sh- they should. They definitely it's got to suck. Well, I don't, have, I don't like Melania whatsoever, but it's got to be kind of weird for her. Yes. Just turning on the TV, and now, now they, which explains the body double. Also the fact, I mean, I think when she disappeared, it was the Mueller people that got to her because uh, – there was this sham company that gave $33 million of his campaign funds to her best friend, who was obviously not very qualified um, during the convention. I'm sorry, the convention fund, same thing, I think. Um, but her new, I'm convinced she has a body double. And it's, Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. You didn't do you see think, it. Do you think Trump's banging the body double? I would imagine so. That's pretty awesome, actually. <laughs> She's she's the, the funny thing is she so they asked her about like the latest on the tapes or whatever then the the new Playboy tapes whatever which is a, you know I feel bad for her at that point yeah. like you married this louse well she's we a whore why. she's not a pie faced chick from no I understand but it's like Omaha. now it's like twelve years later does she and she's got a kid do you still have to answer questions about like yeah all the women your husband slept with ask your ask the I'd say ask the husband but she, what she did was like her office put out a statement today saying like this is a weird thing to be talking about with like. 200,000 children in America being bullied at school every day and 600,000 <laughs> going without a, you know, whatever. Like, you know, so they deflected the, the fact that her husband was sleeping with Playboy Playmates by all the, all the sick and uncared for children in the world. Yeah. <laughs> that just shows how angry she is. Uh, this week's Last Man Earth podcast is sponsored by the return of Chris Hardwick. He's back, Matt. Mm. AMC is walking dead. Proof that in Hollywood, merely being super creepy and troubled isn't a disqualifier for work. Welcome back, Chris Hardwick. They did, AMC did a announced they did an investigation with a female attorney. They had to say it was a female attorney. Very important. And found uh, nothing, uh, nothing that violated his contract with AMC and his past behavior. Uh, uh, so he's, so he's Did the attorney simply read an article on the Daily Mail? Because <laughs> you could have sort of uh, validated, <laughs> you could have came to that conclusion. Uh, oh, it's, it's cover your ass. This, this, is, this is paying a law firm uh, 200 grand to cover your ass to say we did something. There's, there's other guys. Uh, uh, James Franco uh, has been allowed to go forward with HBO on the new du- on the second season of Deuce mm. uh, because they did an investigation and they determined that everybody, they, they talked to the actresses, they talked to the actresses on the show, Maggie Gyllenhaal and other actresses who said they would welcome James Franco back and that's how they made their decision. 
So, so not not the law, not the facts. That just leads me to believe you could just be a really cool rapist and yes. and be hired. Oh, you told because like the women on set, like, well, he didn't rape me, so you know, so I, I got no beef with him. Plus, you know, it's really hard to rape on a TV set; nearly impossible. Uh, I think. Oh, I mean, yeah. you could literally be a, by that logic. You could just hire the fucking Green River Killer and if he was a good actor. I'm quite convinced that if if George Clooney did what Harvey Weinstein had done, there wouldn't have been any hullabaloo at all. It would have been like, oh my, George Clooney stuck his hand down my pants. Oh, girl, you're so lucky. Like, I can't believe that. Harvey Weinstein's just a he's just a fat pig. He's a, such an unattractive man. If like a really attractive guy had done all that stuff, uh, George Clooney. I think it'd be like a like a Richard Gere gerbil type of situation where it'd be going around like, you know, Clooney likes to beat off into plants. Like, yeah, yeah I heard that somewhere. Anyway, let's. But, uh, but chicks would be trying to get it done, right? They try to hit. They try to be one of Clooney's girls. That's how it would go down. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of chicks, most of the chicks accusing Weinstein seemed all the happy to see him in public, um, you know, photo ops. Yeah. And continued talking to him on a regular basis. So I, I don't think. Um, I think in sex, sexual assault matters, uh, being unattractive really works against you. <laughs> I would say like, so. Or, or being arrested for child porn or being arrested like that. It's always the same looking guy. If it was like a really handsome model, well, that that guy, uh, that male, the guy who had the handsome male mugshot or whatever that guy was, there was a guy arrested for a crime. Jeremy he, Meeks. Yes, and he had he was a handsome handsome mugshot guy. Yeah, and he just married the girl from the Topshop heiress in England, and now he's like a big celebrity. He's a big celebrity because <laughs> yeah. he was such a handsome guy who got arrested for some kind of some kind of crime. <laughs> so being being attractive, male or female, does help you a lot in this world. There's no doubt about it. I'll, I'm telling you from personal experience, man. Uh, don't forget to become a patron of the show on patreon.com forward slash last minute earth. Thanks to all new patrons. Picked up some more patrons this week. Get this shit now before it disappears. I love the patronage system. I don't find it patronizing at all. I like the fact that people give you, uh, will pay for content. Uh, like one, one thousandth of one percent of the internet is willing to pay, is willing to pay for content while the rest demand everything for free without ads and easy. <laughs> easy reading viewability for themselves. Yeah, it seems like a good system. Uh, if you want to the show, hit us up on Twitter, Last Minute Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Minute Podcast. All right, on to the show. Uh, Matt, I know you love Broadway musicals. It's, it's one of your things. Don't it's, you have... I imagine if I go to your place, there's like photos, like framed photos of Broadway playbills. There's nothing that really makes me viscerally more angry than um, hearing a show tune. Yes. Uh, and like I don't get it. It's fine. Like I'm, if you want to watch it, just know that you're supporting subpar art. Um, I mean, when people are talking, so they're doing a boring scene, and then one guy jumps up and starts singing. Yes, I'm like, fuck. This is worse than porn. It is really horrible. I always felt like in real life, if that happened, I'd just start punching people. <laughs> <laughs> like if your friends or people in the sto record store start singing about the records. I would just punch them in the face. That would be my immediate reaction because it would be so annoying. It would be super, so super annoying. I just become violent. I would become violent. I don't even get what it's to convey, and the and the cadence and rhythm of the songs are all so migraine-inducing. Like, I guess a like a, a talented um, rock band such as Pearl Jam uh, or, or or Credence could could have a stage show where they go. So what was that thing you were thinking about the war? Well, let me tell you, uh, Eddie. And then, you know, they start the song. Yes. So that would be um, unnecessary. But uh, at least the song would then be good. 
I watched. Uh, but that doesn't exist. Team America the, the, again the other day when they do they change rent to AIDS. <laughs> just chasing them to play AIDS. AIDS. Everyone's got AIDS. 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 I haven't seen it. It's that just so, so stu- just so stupid. Just they're just ma- mocking how really rent is of just a sh- a, a, basically a musical where everyone just yells out the word AIDS over and over again. So it's like everybody has AIDS. My grandma's got AIDS. He's got AIDS. You've got AIDS. And they so just the shout. premise of rent is that everyone has to pay rent. Is that what I'm? Uh, the premise of rent? No, it's about uh, the AIDS crisis in New York oh. and how everyone's dying from AIDS. Sorry, oh. Matt. I just thought, you know, not a good date play. Uh, but that's why it was so. Po- that's why so they're like- singing happy songs, and then obviously they have a sad song as well. Uh, about they're AIDS. all sad. They're all melancholy songs, I believe. Oh. Uh, it's is about all their friends dying from AIDS. I believe rent uh, is uh, metaphorical, like the price you pay for, for having unprotected butt <laughs> sex. <laughs> or, yeah. Yes, which is kind of like renting an apartment. I don't understand it. Yeah, okay. I don't really understand shows about New York. So <laughs> I don't get like youth, youth culture, like uh, independent liver, young independent livers in New York City. I don't understand them. <laughs> I don't understand them at all. There's something glorious. People always have the glorious story about moving to New York with no money. And they always look back on those years fondly. It just looks fucking horrible. It looks absolutely horrible. I moved to L.A. with no money and I, I don't look back on it fondly. Yeah, but at least in L.A. you can go outside. <laughs> like you could go to the beach. You could go like places in New York. You're just like. You're broke and it's cold and it's just like it's crowded and it's dirty and you're in a shitty apartment and you're with your friends being all miserable about how you're not making it. I don't know. That's, that's how it is in the movies. So anyhow, Matt, this new play called uh, Straight White Men. It's called Straight White Men and it's a story of a family who are at odds with the behavior of one of their own. One of them is no longer acting like the straight white man they think he should be. Just like watching white men grapple with their own privilege is like really compelling. This was an amazing chance to really look at the concept of white privilege and what it means. Actors in the play say they hope the discussion on white privilege continues long after the play has ended. I don't know if you've seen, if you've seen it yet, starring Arnie Hammer, Josh Charles and other uh, actors who seem extremely effeminate. Uh, here's how Entertainment Weekly breathlessly described the play. Oh, God. The play examines toxic masculinity and white male privilege while making you disappointed that modern men still haven't harnessed their strength in a positive movement the way women have with feminism. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know if the review is worse than the actual play. I'm sure the play is not actually as offensive as that because it's supposed to be like a slapstick comedy. But three sons, all very alpha male-ish, you know, Arnie Hammer. No one gets more alpha male than Arnie Hammer. Coming off his uh, uh, gay love affair with a teenager movie. Well, he's a tall, buff guy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, but he's plays a. Se- I think he's a gay hero at this point. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Somehow he he mentions how all all the gay men like him to sign peaches. They bring him peaches, and he, he signs their peaches. I think that was a the fruit used in his last movie in the gay love affair movie was the peach. They fell in love over the peach. Hey, uh, gay guys, <laughs> having someone autograph a perishable item. Yes. It negates the entire point of getting an autograph, which is stupid to begin with, by the way. Until you see what they do with the peach later. <laughs> that could be two. Uh, so three brothers uh, go to visit their widowed father, widower father at Christmas, and they're th- three straight white men. And one of the straight white brothers does not understand about white privilege and is misusing his white privilege and doesn't understand how awesome it is to have white privilege. And so the other brothers and the father have to school him on his uh, uh, straight white, straight white male heritage, and how important it is to act act up to his label. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and, and hilarity ensues. <laughs> hilarity ensues. <laughs> Here's my point. So they have the uh, 
And I'm going to play a clip with all the uh, different actors talking about how relevant this is. Uh, but is emasculation just on a, on a never-ending track in this country? Is this like – this seems like it should be a complete aberration that everybody mocks. But it seems to be pretty widely accepted as like this is an important play to have. Like, are we on a are we on a hopelessly endless track of just emasculation in this country that we cannot reverse any longer? Well, I mean, this would appear to uh, back that up. I don't I don't get what the jokes are. I mean, how is he misusing? Is it is it very heavy handed? Like they get the Chinese takeout, and he's like, oh, fuck you, you fucking chink, and then he, like, doesn't tip, and they have to sit him down. I mean, is he, like, a psychopath? I don't understand. I mean... There's a, there was one point in the play, and I haven't seen it, obviously, because I won't. I'd rather die. Uh, there's a point where they bring in a Monopoly set that's uh, shaped in the male white, uh, redone for white male privilege to teach, to teach about white male privilege. What kind of... I mean, I know that the uh, playwright is kind of a avant-garde experimental type of playwright the first asian meaning her parents are super wealthy or something um because that's not a thing it's not a career (laughs) um but what i I don't know i don't get it it's it sounds unwatchable i mean if you go and see it ironically the uh median ticket it goes for what 400 bucks probably. or something like that yeah, yeah probably it's at a smaller um, theater but so probably, yeah. you're probably fairly privileged yourself um you're definitely not a straight white male i don't even care if you're white any male that goes to see that's a fucking piece of shit it really is uh be- because it's <laughs> you're just creating a scenario that doesn't really exist uh, now obviously no one I don't get how he's the one guy and the other guys are, are super enlightened and essentially embody like what sort of like a stereotypical gay man would act like. And then there's the one guy who's like the wild card John Belushi type and he's, you know, dropping well, insensitive like, comments and stuff. I think it's more he's quite I think it's more it's, it's, just, it's supposed to be a satire. So the idea is that straight white men have an obligation to act like straight white men and to to use and abuse their privilege because that's what their demographic is, their demographic label. And so when a guy, a straight white male, starts being more sensitive or starts caring about things he should, the straight white male shouldn't care about, they have to bring him back to the fold to make him understand that that's not what privilege is all about. Mm-hmm. In that way, Matt, you learn that straight white males do have privilege and the awesome responsibility that comes with it. I wonder if, like, I just came up with this theory, but what if playwrights realize that if they if they did another uh, medium such as film or TV, yeah. that more people would see how fucking terrible their shit is, and so by doing theater, they're sort of insulating themselves from. I mean, you're gonna get the incredibly uh, minstrel act of of the gay guy who reviewed it for Entertainment uh, Weekly, uh, you know, saying catty things <laughs> and. Uh, Telling, saying, uh, straight, uh, well, white men should go see it, but they won't. It's like, well, how many of them live in New York, you fucking douchebag? Uh, so, so you want me to take a flight? Do you want to pay for it? Do you want, um, well, it, go, it, like, would that cure society's ills at that point? It's a, bu- it's one of those bubble, this is one of those bubble plays, but I think the bubble's expand. I, I just wonder if the bubble's expanding or not. I wonder if it's like the bubble in which this is like, people give this a standing ovation is like expanding or is it still just like New York and LA rich, rich, you know, uh, museum culture people who like feel so fucking guilty about being rich and white 
that they see this play and go, now we're doing, now we're doing something. I don't know. I, t- I feel like those people just see anything that they're sort of told to. If, if, if that dude that, um, congratulations, you're gay. If that guy who wrote that review, uh, told them to go see a, a play about dogs fucking, they'd pretend that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, probably. I'm really sticking by my theory that theater people get into theater because you have to see it in person and if it was on film, I think it would be widely lampooned. Yeah, probably. But here's my here's the here's the thing that got me worse about emasculation. I was watching that horrible shooting at Trader Joe's in Silver Lake the other day. Hmm. And you were uh, there? No, I wasn't there. I was watching the T V coverage of it and they interviewed a lot of people that came out of the Trader Joe's store and all the people that were like doing the prayer vigil and stuff afterwards. And like almost every single guy had a man bun. <laughs> and was like, it was you know, you know, people don't know Silver Lake. It's a very hipster area, extremely yeah. hipster area. But like, I wonder if that is expand, if that like beta male thing is expanding or not. Like, is it really just? I don't travel a lot. Is it really just L.A. and New York, or is it like actually? Is there anywhere between the coasts where that like people would like want to see straight white male or be into beta male stuff or be like trashing? white straight guys for I being think it's so expanding in like the like young demographics so yeah. I mean I think it is expanding because those guys don't know anything and they think this is how you get laid which is to sort of you know uh, flagellate yourself um, we all know that's that's not true it doesn't work no it doesn't work at all and it will never work but no. the way the, the way you get laid is to have your own opinions and um Obviously, to be, be a good kind, guy, but be kind of masculine. Yeah, you don't have to succumb to, you know, you don't have to submit to other people. That's that's widely seen as not sexy whatsoever. Um, I don't know, but the man bun guys. I'm sure there were a lot of Mexican dudes in there, and they were like, "Hey, do you want to stick around?" And like, no, we have to go back to work. Um, but you know, the guy with his oh yes dog yes. in the man bun is yes. like, sure, yeah. Can I put this on my reel? Like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I, I've wor- I, I've just you know the whole premise of Last Man Earth is that the male the male of the alpha males are receding in this nation, and you're right. I think it is college campuses across the country where toxic masculinity is just accepted as a thing. We're just like. Guys, men who are like aggressive, like to play sports, like to bang heads, uh, you know, like to drink beer and like to like watch sports is somehow now a, a dangerous is a dangerous demographic. Uh, yeah. People have committed no crimes whatsoever, but just that whole testosterone thing is a is a da- is a danger to society. Although it's never been shown to be that in any sort of scientific study ever. I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it happening for a while. And, and there's probably always been the type of of woman and the guy, I mean, like, I would talk shit about frat guys. I still do about bro culture and whatnot. Um, but, you know, then people think I'm that guy half the time, and that's fine. Um, but, no, I mean, I've, I've seen it happening for a long It's like, oh, you like sports? It's like, well, the guy that likes sports probably is way smarter than you, and sports are one of his interests. Yeah. So, you know, like, take it down a notch. Um, but I, I've seen that stereotyping going on for a while i don't think it's a particularly new thing really well they have now they have plays about it i don't it just it seems to me so this is the first this play with straight white men was done by the first asian american woman the woman you mentioned the woman of privilege the first woman uh, asian american woman ever to open a play on broadway uh which i you, know, you mocked it earlier i thought it was a kind of a big deal only because it'd be cool to be first but after 120 years of broadway but this is what she opened with this is how she made the break broke through the big glass ceiling 
by being writing gender sexist, uh, miso- you know, misandric, uh, racist <laughs> satire, <laughs> racist satire. It's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this could have been done in a funny way by like, uh, you know, you know, Matt Stone and Trey Parker could have made fun of like bro culture, like you said, in a really funny send up. But that doesn't work the same when you're really coming from a position of anger. Like when you're coming from a position of like this is these are horrible people let's mock them. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm assuming she's angry. I I don't know. I listened to her on NPR. Um, wasn't too impressed. Oh, you heard? Well, well you listen to NPR. Uh, I listen, yeah, I listen to NPR. If you were you're the son, then that, that wasn't uh, facing up to a straight white privilege. <laughs> Uh, Matt, let me ask you. You're a big Demi Lovato fan, I know. Do you know who Demi Lovato is, by the way? Yeah, she has a couple of hits. She's a Britney Spears type of yeah, pop star. Sort of. She actually has. Legi- I'll say that she has a legitimate voice. Uh, she is a little thick. She's been a little thick through the years. She started at six years old on Barney. I think she did commercials before that. She and Selena Gomez were both Barney children on the show Barney the Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Her mother, uh, who was a very troubled, anorexic, uh, mental health disordered woman, put her into uh, TV and commercials at age five or six. And by seven, uh, Demi Lovato had her first eating disorder. And by 11, <laughs> seven, she was refusing food at seven because she wanted to be more slender for TV. And by 11, she was cutting herself. Uh, and her mother said, they interviewed her mother, because her mother has a book out now about <laughs> raising raising kids in the in the entertainment industry. <laughs> by 11, her, she was cutting herself, and her mom's excuse, and her mom, by the way, is still anorexic. I saw her on uh, Michael Strahan interviewing her recently for her book. She's still ex- exa- exaggeratedly anorexic. So she's talking about conquering her issues, but she weighs maybe f- 60 pounds. Uh, by 11, her daughter, Demi Lovato, was cutting herself with scissors, and her mom said she didn't, didn't, do, didn't do much of that because she thought it was just a phase. I don't think a seven-year-old is refusing food. I think they're not being provided food, and potentially, uh, you know, the kid should have been taken away from this woman. Well, her mom had a, a horrible eating disorder; was bulimic, and so she was telling her daughter to stop eating because she was going to be on. T- she wanted to be a TV star at seven after being on Barney. So she basically convinced her not to eat. Well, there's a difference between you developing an eating disorder and being having one forced onto you. I yeah. think those are two different things. Yeah, it's I think it's odd when you're being treated for an eating disorder at 7. Uh, and then when you're taking the scissors to your arm at 11, there's, cer- there's certain little signs here that things might, be tr- might not be as copacetic as they seem. Yeah. I like the fact that her mom said that the cutting yourself with scissors is like a phase. Like that's like getting earrings or being into like professional wrestling. or Like, God. <laughs> like I don't know, if you're 11-year-old, like, making themselves bleed that seems like more than a phase that's just like one of those phases things you need to get in the middle of then she got into drugs and alcohol she got older she has been six years sober so she says and then she's relapsed recently she wrote a song about relapsing which actually was pretty interesting i thought um i was in contact with her people once her representatives because She had this thing where she started a rehab clinic. Yes, I remember. This. And it was about how she was giving back. You know, she wanted to give back. But the clinic was for profit. Yes. So I got, I don't understand how making a profit, I mean, I suppose you can make a profit and give back, but that's not the way that she phrased it. So I was like, is any of this money going to charity or where is the money going? And how are you breaking down the costs of this? And they wrote back and said, 
thanks for writing. We're not going to answer any of your questions. <laughs> and that was the end of it. <laughs> That's the response to all your all your uh, interrogatives, I believe, Matt, when you send letters off. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if you can't answer the question, if, if, if someone's just proving how they're right and you're wrong, yes. I mean, why would you really engage? The only thing I would say about Demi Lovato in the sense that she is like Britney Spears is I don't think she has any idea what's going on with her businesses. There's people there. There are handlers who are doing all that. I don't. I don't think she's up at night like, like going like, how are we going to screw the uh, Narcotics Anonymous people? <laughs> like she's just she's uh, well. First well, of all, it's your responsibility to at least familiarize yourself. Yeah, but with she was what 19, 18 or nineteen years old. Um, uh-huh. She's only twenty five now. I think I don't know how long ago it was. I, I agree with you. There's a lot of shit that goes on. I think these these girls are just pawns. These girls are just pawns in what's going on. Um, they're just not simply not smart enough, and they're all mentally ill, and they're all fucking drug addicted. I don't think it's like asking Amy Winehouse to account for her time. Account for her time. Well, no, I mean you got to be honest with yourself. If you look in the mirror and you go, "Okay, I'm not very bright." I don't know if that's the the deal with Demi Lovato, but if you go, "I can't," you know, form a sentence, do a basic math problem, solve a basic, you know, logic issue. I can't do anything. You don't get to have opinions. Uh, you, don't, you don't get to be arrogant either, because I feel like the well, we all know that you know the dumbest people are the most confident, um, yes. without fail, because only a, a dumb person could be super confident when they're, you know, like they had diarrhea yesterday or something. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I just don't get, I, I just don't buy the fact that you you should be able to have opinions when you appear to be like in the lower tier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she does only speak about addiction, basically, which she seems to be an expert on. I can speak about addiction. Don't, um, and and I have somewhat of addictive personality. Uh, I have no self control, but I can tell you about addiction. Um, don't start uh, taking pills or smoking crack. Start there, and uh, you know, don't well, smoke Matt, cigarettes. Well, you're very, a very cold hearted person. I think yes, I agree with you. Although I think when you start at nine. <laughs> it's like I blame, like you know, Drew. If Drew Barrymore is having cocktails at eight with her at her family, I blame her a little less for becoming an alcoholic. Like if you're if you're if the people around you are pushing drugs on you, like as a preteen, I give you a little benefit of the doubt, only yeah. because like it's just impossible to not absorb the. It's like a kid growing up in in South LA who's going to be a gang member just because that's where he grows up. You know, that same kid who grew up in a white suburb in an upscale suburban neighborhood would probably be like a completely great kid with a perfect honor roll record. But it grows up in a different area, and you get pushed into like bad shit where based on where you are. I agree, but I'm I'm just saying like you got to look at at the situation honestly. It's like you could do a couple things here and there, or or you could uh, abstinence doesn't really work, no. and I don't think it really works with drugs either because these people all end up overdosing anyway. So you know, it's like if you're on a diet, um, and you could be on a, on a you know all you can eat is uh, is broccoli and uh, boiled chicken. And that would work for two months, and then you'd fucking eat a bag of jelly beans. Yes. Whereas if if you by the way, that's how Weight Watchers make so much money. I don't know if you know that (laughs) because people do it, they lose weight, and they get they gain the weight back, and they go back on the Weight Watchers again. So it works for three months. They lose the weight, and then six months later, they're back on Weight Watchers again. That's what was interesting about Anthony Bourdain, because the whole addiction industry, which is a huge industry by the way, was like, uh, wait, you can't you can't drink because you you were a heroin addict. He's like, well, watch me, you know. how did that work out for Anthony? Well, he made it to 60-something. That's true. That's true. He had a good time until <laughs> he got the belt, the bathrobe belt going out. So Demi Lovato yesterday overdosed. Uh, TMZ broke the – TMZ, of course, breaks the story because uh, I, I don't know how – I don't know if, like, people around, like, and the gurney, like, in the ambulance just called TMZ. I don't know how the money transaction works. 
because I believe like the EMTs now or the cops just call TMZ mm-hmm. when they respond to a call. And I assume they're getting compensated in some manner because they're not getting famous. They can't use their names. It's all anonymous. So I assume TMZ is giving them like Starbucks cards or something. They're not, you know, without pictures, they're not giving them I a lot of money. They gave, oh, I thought they gave them like a few hundred bucks or if something. If they sell pictures, they sell a lot of, they make a lot of money. So like that picture, did you see Jimmy Garoppolo with the, with the porn star? Yeah, good call on that one, guy. <laughs> yes. Hey, let me find the most unattractive porn yeah. star in the Bay Area. That was odd. That was odd. Anyway, was odd. yeah, I did. Uh, although I do like the fact that people are picking on for being the one guy who's nice to porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, who takes a porn star to dinner? I don't understand that part. Uh, I mean, if you, you can make fun of Trump all you want, at least he knows how to handle the point. You know what to do with porn stars. You fuck them and you pay them and you hope they go, you hope they go away right. and no one finds out about it. Uh, so TMZ got the call that she overdosed on heroin. They put out a big article, a big headline, overdose, Demi Lovato overdosed on heroin, rushed to the hospital. And then a few hours later, they got an update saying that it wasn't heroin. It was some other opioid, but it wasn't heroin. So they put out a second huge headline saying, you know, uh, correction, it was, not, did not, it was not heroin. It was some other, something else. We have that. But as time went by through so- on social media over the hours of yesterday, the, the one that was like said she was overdosed on heroin tracked much better than the one that had the accurate information. <laughs> so TMZ kept reposting the story about her overdosing from heroin just because it was tracking it was tracking better than the actual than the actual factual story. That's <laughs> ironic because there's still this huge stigma about heroin, which there should be, by the way, but. It's like America's popping so many pills that they're like, oh, she overdosed on synthetic heroin? Well, I, I do that every other week. Yes. Uh, but uh, she put a needle. Oh, my God, there's a needle involved. Oh, fuck. It's still the same drug. She's still just as are they, are they? I don't know this. Are, they, are the celebrity people who do that, are they, are they, they're not injecting, are they? They're doing some kind of smoking or something. If it's, right? Well, I think usually you would shoot up heroin. Do you think like the saw uh, a guy do it while I was um, waiting for my friend to get in my car the other day outside of Ralph's? Do hot girls like hot celebrity girls do that between the toes maybe or something? I guess they're addicted. She doesn't seem like she was a big heroin addict. Well, it's it's smoke, to, it's tomato it. tomato. But you can I, smoke it, right? Yeah, I believe you can smoke heroin. Yeah, I don't. I don't you can don't, sniff heroin. I think that the, the, the reason they didn't want the reason her publicity team were straight on the heroin was because. What is heroin? You sound like someone in, in, in a heroin den. Yeah, is that whole, you know, the whole image mystique of like the heroin people in Needle Alley. Mm-hmm. Whereas opioid sounds like something you can say your doctor prescribed you for back pain, and you just got carried. But that's away. why we have a problem with this. Oh, I understand uh, that. I mean, it's there. It should be just as uh, stigmatized. Although needles are pretty pretty gross and well, dirty, yeah. but yeah, you can't get AIDS from popping pills. So it tr- it trended better because it, it sounded more salacious yes. that she was on heroin. So TMC just decided to keep running the fake the, the false headline because it was doing better. Uh, but here's the real point of the story that I want to get to. So uh, there's just not a single I can't think of a single child actor, entertainer, famous a famous one, not the lesser ones, uh, who has reached the age of like say 25. Without either massive like mental health issues, drug addiction issues, criminal issues, or just dead, or basically just dead, uh, it's like almost a hundred. It's almost a hundred percent. And I just wonder, like, how you know? I was looking this up again. The only in the state of California, there's only one industry where you're allowed to use child labor, <laughs> and that's the entertainment industry. You're not allowed to work in California for under 14. Actually, two. There's two exceptions. The second one is uh, domestic workers. So over the summer, so that uh, the uh, you know, Central Americans who are domestics can bring their children to work. 
Oh, really? To work, yeah, to work, to work over the summer. What's a domestic worker? Uh, a maid, housekeeper, gardener, oh, that I kind see. of thing. So you could have like a twelve-year-old gardener. Yeah, in the summer. Yeah, that's you could. fucking <laughs> yes, crazy. So they made the ex- they made the exception basically based on two things: the Hollywood to allow ch- to allow children to work in, instead of going to school, and uh, for people who are rich to have the, have, the, have young younger Mexicans taking care of their taking care of their plants in their house. So you know you know how the labor laws work. Uh, but it, I mean honestly, like, and I'm assuming the kids, the twelve-year-old Central American kids who work with their parents in gardening end up much better. Than the uh, Demi Lovatos who are in Barney and stuff at six or seven. That's uh, not even close. No, <laughs> they end up much better. One le- one learns a hard, valuable work ethic, and the other is just basically molested and all uh, constantly by different people in different ways. Uh, how can they keep letting par- parents? I know what the parents are doing. How can they keep letting parents put kids into this thing? Like, there's you know, I always say there'll be no, there's no, there's not going to be any Me Too movement for kids in Hollywood. Like the kids are routinely raped, they're molested, they're abused, their money is stolen. They work long hours. They're told they have to support their entire family when they're 11 years old, or their family's going to starve. I, I, you, have you been to uh, uh, like Valley Toluca Lake or Valley Village or all those places like where the casting? Kids oh casting yeah, the are? one uh, Toluca Lake. There's yes. a couple of cafes there. Yes, and it's always the moms with the kids, and <laughs> like tarting up the little kids and like putting lipstick on the nine-year-old and like mm. like yeah it's it's always disturbing more so disturbing when it's the dad yes um just because i you know some women are crazy they they might uh, conceivably think that they're doing something good for the kid the dad is just like you're a huge creep and you failed yes. as a parent <laughs> totally <laughs> failed you should i don't even know why you're showing your face i'd be wearing a disguise if i brought my kid into an audition the last uh the last time i was at one of those cafes i literally saw a girl she was maybe nine or ten all decked out and the makeup and all the other stuff screaming at her father for not getting her the good casting for not getting her good casting <laughs> like screaming at her and he's apologizing to her it was like a scene out of a movie almost where she was just lambasting her, her father for not hooking her up with the good the good casting stuff. <laughs> like she's maybe not you're like a four and a half, four feet, four feet, four and a half feet tall, just screaming at her father. Uh, so the kids are horrible. But the, how can they allow? I mean, how can we allow parents to put their kids into basically what it, I, it's like sex slavery essentially? Like if if a parent told me they were putting their kid into sex slavery, I'd be like, oh, that's horrible. And they go, oh, I'm gonna actually gonna have them be auditioned for. So I'm like, oh, that's worse. <laughs> like you're gonna leave them with an acting coach. Uh, you know, in the little acting camps uh, all day long, uh, where let's say, oh, I don't know, eighty percent of them are pedophiles. Um, who, who gets in? Who gets as a profession? What kind of adult male gets to do a profession where you work with young children alone all day long? I don't know. The first agent I had was an idiot, and her kids were child actors, and uh, you know, she wanted me to do like Nickelodeon type stuff. And this woman, so I go, look, I need a, I need a gig. Like, I need a job. I need some money coming in. She's like, well, write these letters to the, um, you know, the studios and to set saying you'll, you'll babysit kids on set. It's a really easy job. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, I can do that. Who would possibly hire a guy for that? <laughs> the answer is no one. But I, don't know. I, I didn't realize how retarded this woman was until much later on. But, um, yeah, I don't know, but we need to, like obviously people value entertainment, and you know, like Stand by Me was a good movie, and people, uh, we probably need kids to be in movies occasionally because we don't want an eighteen-year-old playing a five-year-old. That would that would ruin it. That's like theater shit, you know. That sucks. Um, 
But is there is is there a way to do it? Is I, it is, we think, just need more regulations? Well, they have so they have so I remember this Eliza or Eliza Dushku story. So she was on the set of she was 11, 12, I think on the set of True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with Tom Arnold. She was uh, uh, she had a, a guardian, a female adult guardian, had to be with her the entire time she was on set during the like during the production. She was ass- brought up to a hotel room by one of the stunt guys and sexually assaulted, and the guardian's like. I told someone this was going on and no one cared. And so what could I do? <laughs> like that was like well that's not really the guardian position as we <laughs> as we as we know it. <laughs> like your job is actually to stop this from happening, not to like try to tell somebody that's going on and then just give up when it's really complicated. But uh, granted, what she ran up against was a whole bunch of people telling her not to fuck up the production. This is a 100 million dollar production and not to make waves. I get that part. But you need a real cop or someone. You need someone who's actually like looking out for the kid. Yeah. Who's actually protecting the kids like in a very serious, well-paid manner. And that everyone needs to know that this shit is like, you know, they're going to get in trouble if the stuntman rapes, rapes the kids on set again. Yeah, I think so. And there should be – that's a good idea because uh, what's his name? The director from Powder who Rose McGowan uh, you know, starred in one yes. of his movies. He, he raped a kid on set and filmed it. Um, still gets work in Corey, Hollywood. Corey Haim was raped on set. Uh, in, 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 the mo- in the movie with Charlie Sheen. Fact, so it appears that um, people only care about their own minuscule problems as opposed to actual tragedy. Yes. Uh, so like Weinstein grabbed your ass while a kid was getting raped and we nuked a wedding overseas. Um, and, and also there should be a limit in, in terms of SAG because this is all regulated. Yes. The, uh, of how many times you can audition per week as a kid you should go on one or two auditions per week you shouldn't be doing it two or three times a day because that means how could you possibly learn to read um i also want to have a squad i thought it was a squad of undercover kids vice cop kids (laughs) go in and just try to try to act seductive and see which of the casting which the casting agents or production people come on to them and just arrest them it'd be like that i remember that movie remember that tv show cheat was it called cheaters Right. Where they send the guy, send the woman in, like to see if the guy was cheating, and then they like the, the low light cameras, yeah, yeah. cameras. <laughs> just, which by the way, I always hated that because there's not a single guy who wouldn't cheat, who wouldn't cheat in those situations. <laughs> like, for once in your life, I'm a hot girl at a bar hits on you, and your wife's not there. Yeah, that it's not a fair test. Uh, but just little kid, little kids, and just like have mic them up, put little cameras on them, and just send them into these casting offices to see who's actually uh, touching and grabbing, and doing stuff because. It's got to be. 80, it's got, I'm going with eighty percent as a rate of pedophiles working at those places. Yeah, and those places shouldn't have closed doors. No, and uh, they they shouldn't be a one on one. There, essentially, there should be a cop or or whatever that works that is stationed there and accompanies the kid back and forth. I mean, it it should be taken pretty seriously. I could I could get into my weed dispensary without going past three cops. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What was I? What was I going to do to get it to get it to get a vaping pen? Um, by the way, I, still, I feel feel very feminine, use, very feminine using that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, have, you ever, have you been to dispensary since they regulated weed in yeah. California? It's like a Target. It's like a it's a it's like a going to like a, a stationery store. Yeah, it's uh, it's lost all it's like more. A, it's like an Apple store yes. except you only have to wait thirty seconds. Yes, They're, you get surrounded by employees when you walk in there. It's like going to uh, Nordstrom's in the shoe department. <laughs> uh, it is very it's very efficient. I'll say it. I'll say it that way. It's very efficient. All, all I can tell is what happened is it looks cool. It's like it got gentrified. It looks a little nicer, and they just charge twenty dollars more for everything they used to. Yeah, well, I'd rather I don't buy pot 
ever, but I'd still I'd rather pay an extra twenty percent than go sit on some guy's fucking cat piss couch. Uh, yeah, like I really would. I'll pay the taxes. You become fine. you're slowly becoming a Republican, Matt. <laughs> no, Republicans are against regulation. You're right, though. It's, uh, it's, uh, but it's just, but I think once they ra- once they legalize weed, as we talked about before, I think it just became way less cool mm. because now you're lo- like it is like it's like going to an Apple store. It's just like I feel so stupid when I'm in an Apple store. I feel like I just don't. I don't. I like. I use a computer every day, but I don't belong here. Now we got an email from Daryl, and he wants to know who the fuck is Takashi sixty nine and how do rappers become famous in nine minutes or less? <laughs> there's, there's really uh, 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 like in the old days, like say twenty years ago. I'll call those the old days. There were like maybe fifteen rappers. 10 to 15 rappers who consume, let's say, 90% of the mark of the airplay market. And now there seem to be, and I don't listen to the hip-hop stations as, as I did earlier, but there seem to be oh, close to 100 to 200 rappers. Uh, I follow mostly on TMZ because they're always getting arrested. And I can't follow the names of these guys. Every year there's a new 30 or 40 guys. I hadn't heard of, uh, however you say his name, Xcentatious, Triple Xcentatious. Yes. You see the one got killed? Yeah, uh, yeah, he got killed. Um, and then, then you then you then you ride it on Melrose Avenue afterwards. Yeah, there was a riot. I thought about going down there just for the hell of it, um, but the riot was just like sixteen-year-olds in pickup trucks, like yeah. drinking beer. It was right outside the CVS, which I don't think was coincidental. It's the only place to buy liquor on Melrose. Um, but he was like this huge rapper, and I had never heard of him. And you know, I'm fairly because they get huge. I think like in six months. I think I, I guess it's all airplay, right? And they, they get huge in six months, and then they're either dead or gone like six months later, and there's somebody else. Yeah. And then they have to start starting be- they have beefs with each other. Like it's the first time I remember they were like rapper beefs where I didn't know anyone on either side. Like, <laughs> like first of all, all, the guys are twenty. They're all twenty two years old. They all have lots of tattoos and they have lots of swagger. I've never heard of any of these guys or any of their music. Uh, there's no no not a single bit of crossover music in any of them, so they're not getting mu- they're not getting crossover. It's not like the old days where the rappers were getting crossover on on popular music, right? And it's hardcore. So I have a little Takashi sixty nine. You ready to listen to this? I've, yeah, let's do it. Pop these niggas like a willy nigga. You a silly nigga in the hood with them belly niggas and them hoover niggas. You run up and they shooting niggas. We ain't hooping nigga. No KB, you a loser nigga. I'm that Uzi nigga. Are you getting the hint of the genre? <laughs> I mean, this could have been done. 20 years ago this could have been done yesterday it's it's very rudimentary in terms of the musicality and his delivery um he says the word nigger a lot lyrically there's nothing there uh i think with him so i i found out who he was about i don't know two weeks ago and then one week ago he got like assaulted he was was kidnapped yeah i definitely don't believe that i love the word kidnapping um he was <laughs> how do adults get how do adults get kidnapped so it was like there was something on the new york post which i i still look at by the way yeah and they have so great headlines takashi 69 uh says something innocuous and i was like what the fuck is this because i thought he was asian yes. since his name is takashi it sound, yeah it sounds japanese and he looks asian and uh, so I'm like, oh, there's a gay Asian rapper <laughs> who looks really bizarre and like like a very disturbing appearance, like a like a freak show type of appearance that he had. Like, you know, the face tattoos. He has rainbow hair. He's a rainbow grill. That's like his his uh, theme 
Uh, oh, you thought that was a gay, trademark LGBTQ rainbow? Yeah. <laughs> well, why wouldn't I think that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Are there gay rappers? Would they would they be allowed to exist? Uh, I think Frank Ocean's a gay rapper, but he kind of is the only one I think. And uh, the rappers have been c- counseled, like in their contract, not to call him a faggot. I believe <laughs> um, he's not like, hanging on the stoop though in the Bronx. His boys seriously doubt it. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, well, Takashi sixty nine. I looked at it, heard him talk. It was weird. And I was like, fuck this guy. I'll never hear from him again. But the uh, Takashi 69 is apparently pretty media savvy. Yes. Because then only a mere week later, after getting his first headline, he was kidnapped and beaten up. And uh, translation, he pissed someone off. They kicked his ass. And, uh, you know, he's... Or, par- he sta- or he staged the entire thing. Or he staged the entire thing. Which is also possible. Highly possible. Um, I mean, I'm not saying you and I, we both know that pop stars don't have a lot of musical talent, um, but they, you know, they have songs that are very ca- written by Dr. Luke that are very catchy and very radio friendly. So I don't know how this other, how this rap, how you become famous as a rapper with your music. It's not with your music. It can't be with your music because it really sounds like you said, it sounds all the same, basically. Yeah. You could attribute that song to hundred different guys. Yeah. It's like a Calypso. You ever listen to Calypso music? I always wonder how you like become a standout Calypso music <laughs> with like the steel drum. All right. Like like all you can do is play at a hotel pool. <laughs> like how do you how do you break how do you break out of the Calypso scene? Because all the music sounds exactly the same. Yeah, that was just I mean, honestly, it's it's highly possible he made that song in like ten minutes. Yeah. Like I'm not even kidding with that. It, it's just like the music's not it. Obviously, rap has always been more about image and sort of cult of personality than other music. Like, all music is based on image to some degree. It, like, punk rock, they didn't know how to play, but I don't know. Some of the Sex Pistols songs are pretty catchy, but I think this is like we've taken it to the extreme of like, we just have the image and no music. Like, for all we know, that could just be someone else's song that was laying around. Probably. Like, is he going to perform it even then? What, he says nigger over and over? Like, Well, he's, and he's, cl- he's clearly not singing, right? He's just saying lines into the computer, and it's spinning out the, uh, the, or the track. Right. I mean, it's all synthesized, so it's not like he's actually got a microphone and he's singing. He's actually just saying various lines. Read, he's almost reading lines into the computer, and then it's spinning out a song on the other end. It makes me think with a lot of these guys, and I think he's – a SoundCloud guy, or maybe that was extentatious. Um, but assuming they have like a record deal, yeah, I think they're just, um, I think they're just kind of young guys that are uh, get, getting fucked by a, a record guy. Probably there's. So what do they get? They get like fifty grand or something as an advance, and then just like buy guns and. <laughs> well, think about it. If you're the record guy, you're like at this point the music doesn't matter. No. So like. Whitney Houston, I don't know what she did or or didn't do, but she's someone that could get a record deal based simply on singing. Right. And he'd be like, here. And he'd be like, okay, well, we're business people. It'd be smart to uh, provide her a recording contract and, and uh, you know, promote it. Studio production. What do you walk into the office and you're like, yeah, nigga? It's like, uh, yes, you've got it. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I think they, I honestly think, just like you said in the entertainment thing, these guys are young ish guys. Some yeah. of them are 17, you know, who knows how long they've been in the scene. Um, looking at usher and r kelly as well on this one um but uh i really think they might just be little sex 
Really? Fuck, fuck boys. They just twinks so that they turn into like yeah, fuck boys. It's po- it's quite possible. There's there've been a lot of articles recently exposing what goes on in the record business with the rap music, where they're just spreading a lot of money around to a lot of like young black men, basically, right. to see who will pop, because it's such a cheap it's such a cheap investment for them for A and R, to give a guy like ten grand and to sign him to a contract is like such a small investment for them. Yeah. Because if any of them hit, they're gonna make millions and millions of dollars. So they just go to these communities, basically, or go to these guys with the mixtapes on SoundCloud and stuff like that that have a few videos on YouTube and just give them, like, 10 grand to sign up for shit. And then next thing you know, these guys are in gun battles with somebody else. Yeah. And, they're, and they're doing it, I would assume, I'm, I'm sure they do it partly on, on, like, SoundCloud subscribers. But at a certain point, they're just male models. Yes. Albeit, like, ugly, weird-looking ones with fucked-up teeth and face tattoos. But it's probably just, like... Okay, that guy looks threatening to, uh, you know, Donald Trump Jr. So why don't we just give him some cash and see? one of them's gonna hit? It's it's like craps, you know. But is it still is it still like the white suburban kids who are listening to that stuff, or is it actually like who would go to Takashi sixty nine concert? I would be scared. I would just be scared to go. I don't know what the numbers are. I mean, because <laughs> it used to be like the hip hop came up, the black, uh, rap music was largely like when Snoop came up, it was largely funded by like white suburban kids who wanted to be really cool. And so they bought all the records. They bought all, went to all the concerts, all that stuff. It used to be if you went to like a Tupac or a Snoop concert, it was like 80% white people there, yeah. white kids there. I don't know if this stuff is like so hardcore that they don't, like it's just too much for them, if it really is just playing to like a urban crowd or if it's actually still something kids in Calabasas are, rock, kids in Calabasas are rocking really hard out the windows. I don't know. I, I, would, I would imagine, I'm trying to think like, Who's like a really talented rapper uh, who's young? Like Kendrick Lamar. I don't think Kendrick Lamar would be into this yeah. type of shit. So I, I don't, meaning I think his, his shows probably trend a, a little more black. Obviously, I'm sure everyone's welcome. But um, yeah, I don't think those type of like real rap fans, black guys that like rap, uh, are going to see the guy with the rainbow grill <laughs> I, I would assume it's more white hipsters yeah i guess trying to get their street their street cred or something like that i don't know it's just it's a bizarre thing i don't understand it at any level other than the fact that the guy puts himself on tmz every single day by doing something stupid which i guess the record company just loves because if he dies they don't really care in fact they own his music and it becomes more valuable <laughs> it's actually it's actually like a good thing i mean if he dies the guy who died his music sales went through the roof uh Extentate, whatever the hell his name was. Hmm. Uh, so for like three months, they got to sell a shitload of records for this guy. They pay them. They pay these guys basically nothing. These guys all act like they have a lot of money, but they're all broke as far as I can tell. They're just not getting paid a lot of money um, because even successful people in the music industry don't get paid a lot of money from this stuff because they're getting ripped off in their first several albums. Yeah, you got to get like ten years into it before you start collecting money because the record company's just keeping every keeping. And they're pro- I don't know if it's strategic or if they just found something that works, but. Some some guy with a face tattoo is gonna die. Yes, and there will be a, another guy a week later, and and we totally forget about the guy with the ice cream cone, and now it's the guy with the fucking, uh, you know, Chinese lettering on his face, and we're like, oh, that guy also looks like shit. Like, 
Once you put, once you've committed to putting the giant sixty nine in your face tattoo, you, you're just a life. You're a lifer. There's not a lot of op, there's not a lot of other other jobs. I give him credit for that. There's not a lot of other other avenues of industry you could pursue with that. So once you've gone with the giant face tattoos, especially the sixty nine on your face, it's like those guys who get the Nazi tattoos on their face. Right. You're really limiting the areas of uh, a professional practice for yourself. Do you future. think he is enterprising enough? Because he did fuck with his appearance enough that. You know, with the rainbow hair and and rainbow grill, et cetera, et cetera. That uh, do you think that was calculated, like to get the sixty nine, like, or or is he just a really dumb guy that was like, you know, would look cool is the sixty nine because I like sixty nining. I think the latter. <laughs> I think the latter. I think the latter. I don't think there's any. I can't think of any any legitimately smart record guy who would say this is a good idea. <laughs> I think it just. I think it just completely exploiting these people. And this is like bum fights, basically. Yes. You remember yes. bum fights? Yes. It was on uh, World. What was it on? World Star Hip Hop. World Star. Yeah. So they, you know, give bums a forty ounce and have them fight. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, or or the backyard fights or anything like that, or backyard wrestling. Yeah. I love backyard wrestling, by the way. Only like twenty-seven kids died doing it. <laughs> it was like like eighty kids participated, and twenty-seven died, and the other forty-four in wheelchairs today. But it was fun watching. He was like knew these kids were badly injuring themselves for life. Oh yeah, most of them were become paralyzed by the time they were fifteen. It was still fun to watch. We all knew a couple of kids that would do shit like that, and yeah, I would watch. Yeah, I'd be like, I don't think I'd be pressuring them into it, but I'd be like, if you're gonna do a flip off of that roof, yeah, sure, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, my father always tells a story about how uh, when they were kids, they, they, one of the guys put on a cape to be Superman, jumped off the roof, <laughs> and, and he's like, everyone was really. These are all smart guys. They're like. Yeah, dude, that's totally gonna work. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he fell off, and broke both his, uh, like his arm and his shoulder, and something else. Mm. Like, everyone just watch. And when you're a kid, everything just seems amazing. So who cares? There's got there's the dumb ones among. I th- I feel that way when like the wildebeests go to the, in the as a pack to the river with the crocodiles in it, and they all wait for like the first few. They have to go get the water first, and the crocodiles eat. And then they when the crocodiles are full, they go, okay, now we'll we'll go get our water. Like let Larry let Larry go first. <laughs> He's a dumbass. It's just that's that's the nature of Darwinism. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you have an opinion on uh, Big Three basketball. Big Three, uh, I, you and my son are the only two people I know who watch Big Three basketball. <laughs> I don't really watch it. It just was on at the gym a few times. Yes. I, I caught few minutes of it i'll say this they were smart enough at big three so this is ice cubes basketball league a three-on-three league of retired basketball nba basketball players uh it's not a bad i it's not a bad idea right i mean there's it's the, the essence of it i thought was a good idea which is that the nba has so many like lame things about it that if you could like create a league that was just like shooting and just like fun yeah. Without fucking 19 timeouts in the last two minutes of the games and all the other bullshit and the bad referee calls and all that stuff. Yeah. That people would watch it. But I don't feel like they put a lot of heart to it. But you have some good ideas on how to fix Big Three. Yeah. I, I think it should be. F- okay. So some minor things. They need to eliminate coaches because you can't coach <laughs> three on three basketball. Yes. Uh, <laughs> which I think would also lead to more arguments amongst the players, which I think would be very entertaining. Yeah, of course. Um, they um they need to get rid of the the dad the dad like um names which the players came up with for the teams that they think sound cool such as ghost ballers because <laughs> that doesn't sound cool at all so they need to uh just change that to something but the main thing i think is i i like the four point 
spot. Love it. I think that's a great yes. development. Um, but when I'm watching uh, Big Three on TV, and I like seeing the old players too. I like seeing uh, the the Corey McGettys and the Baron Davises. They're, le- legi- they're uh, legitimate players. Yeah, the Mike Bibbies. Just oh, I haven't seen that guy in a while. Like oh, I remember when that guy played that team in the playoffs or whatever like it's it's a cool thing um if you're a basketball fan um but when i'm watching half court basketball and the guy takes it out clears the ball clears the ball i'm like okay like i may as well be sitting in the ymca right now because that's just like after age 12 i think that stopped or so yeah, in, half court. intrinsically i mean well you could play it like to kind of work out or whatever yeah, old guys play but it's you know, it's, it's it's it would be like I, I don't know. It'd be like watching baseball and uh, the, the guy having a t-ball bat, like a t-ball <laughs> thing or something. I watch. I totally watch that. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> but no, I mean, it just there's something about it. Like I think basketball is, and they're going to have three on three in the Olympics, by the way. But I just think basketball really? is full court. Yeah, they are. It's going to be a bunch of Korean. Guys. It is. It is. Basketball is real. Basketball is notoriously the most aerobically difficult sport there is. Yeah. Because if you're playing 40, 40 minutes, like LeBron James, what LeBron James does, especially at like his weight, to go up and down the court for like forty two minutes at full speed, like he does, he hustles every play. Yeah, is ridiculous. I mean, the amount of aerobic power you need to do that—it's insane. Yeah, even if you're in like okay shape, like yeah. I can run. I'm not in great shape, but I'm not in bad shape. If I haven't played basketball in a couple months, I will be winded within the first eight seconds of yes. the game. Yes. I'll just be totally fucked. Um, unless I'm playing against, you know, 45 year old guys, but so they already have the, uh, half, they're basically playing on a half court as far as I can tell, just half of a basketball court. So just put a hoop at the other end yes. and play half court. Cause the whole thing is the running yes. is that they can't do. So there's no this fa- way no fa- there's no fast breaks. No, but this way you could just get a rebound and essentially shoot it from under your own hoop. Well, I like that idea. At the other end of the court. So yes. it, it would be NBA Jam. It's three on three. NBA Jam is the best video game uh, of all time. I stopped playing video games a long time ago because, you know, I'm an adult man. Um, but it was the most fun game because it was all threes and dunks. So it would be the old guys uh, shooting threes yeah. from, like, half court, which would be a normal three distance-wise. And then you just get a couple guys that can catch alley-oops, like crazy, you know, freak show jumping guys. And that would be a much better product than what we have now. And it'd be pretty easy to do. All you need to do is repaint the floor and put in an extra hoop. I mean, that I would, I think, would have a chance to to eclipse the NBA in terms of really excited. Well, well if they had, the if talent they had, wouldn't. The but. talent wouldn't, yeah. Well, they'll never match the NBA money. I've had this. I think those are great ideas. I like the idea of big three. And I thought there is like. I've always thought because everyone like people love the NBA, they love the NFL, they like baseball, whatever. How is it that there's never been a second sport, a second league in the same sport? I've always wondered that. Like the NBA makes God knows how many gobs of billions of dollars every year, but why can't there be a second basketball league that's ever thrived, or the NFL, or second uh, football league? They all fail. Or baseball league, there's some smaller minor league games. And professional I mean, I league. guess you could say it's college. College yeah, but I mean, like, why? Like, why is there not a second basketball league? I mean, there were two eventually. There were the ABA and the NBA. The NBA bought up the ABA, but why would there not be two separate leagues? It's such a huge business. Why is there only one like league? It, it never made sense to me that like a second league couldn't compete with the NBA. Yeah, because there's so much money. I guess TV contracts. There's so much money to be made, 
And there's you, so many ways you could improve NBA ball, basketball, like by not having 11, 11 timeouts in the last two minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, less games, for, less, sh- for sure. Less, ga- less games, more probably different substitution, ro- different substitution rules. Have guys, you know, uh, you know, do four point shots, which is which is great. Have more fighting, perhaps more, more altercation, more altercations. Yeah. Uh, have more person. Have more. Have the find guys with more personality. Have guys who can like be player coaches, all that kind of stuff that people would love. Uh, I don't know why there's not a competitor to the NBA. Just like the NBA makes like twenty billion dollars a year, and then, then this big three makes like eleven dollars. Well, what? But what sport has two leagues? I mean, I guess football would prove a lot more difficult because there's just, you know, there's how many people are on a football team? Like eighty nine or some shit. They've tried. I mean, they tried. Uh, that McMahon did this XFL thing, and they had the USFL back in the day. They've just never – and the USFL got the big players out of college. They've just never been able to compete with the NFL. I think it's – I guess it's TV, like who has the TV contracts. But like Fox – remember Fox did like – before Fox had the NFL, they got the that Vince McMahon League or whatever the hell it yeah. was. Because they needed – you know, the idea that putting a lot of money in football made sense. I don't know. I think Americans are just like, I got one league. This is my football league. This is my basketball league. And even though I complain about it – like people complain about the NBA like crazy. It's all they do. People love the NBA, but all they do is complain about it. Right. It seems to me this this uh, big three following your ideas could be could be huge. Although, dude, I know I would watch it if it was just threes and four pointers and dunks. Yes, yes. I would. I would definitely watch that. Uh, you know that rule how in, uh, in football and extra points you're not allowed to step on other people's backs. I would like <laughs> to have that rule in basketball where they can launch each they can launch each other off for shots. Yeah, for dunks. I was trying to think of a safe – that's a good idea. I was trying to think of a safe way to implement, like, a little zone that's, like, a, a high-powered trampoline or springboard. Yeah, oh, yeah. Of some sort. Have you ever done one of those those uh, gymnastic springboards? No, I would kill myself. Oh, my God. It's, <laughs> it's the most fun thing you've ever done in your life. We used to fuck around with them uh, in the gym. So you get one of those flop pads. Yes. Dude, you could probably jump 30 feet uh, forward. I will. I will say. That my, you know, my favorite thing. Super about dangerous. Basketball halftime is or breaks. The gorilla doing the. Uh, the, the yeah, the gorilla is <laughs> awesome. Doing the flips and put the ball in the league. It's like the, the big Sun's three gorilla. league doesn't understand that they kind of have this alternative kind of kind of freak show vibe, but they're not embracing it at all. Yeah. You know the way that in the XFL, I, I, I'm not an expert on that whole situation, but. I think they made it too corny and people thought it was kind of fake. Yes. And so people want actual competition. Um, I would make it more fight. I think more fights is what people want to see. I mean, le- not just fights, but I mean more physical ball without the fouls being called. Yeah. So like not, you don't want to see, who wants to see James Harden go to the line like 17 times? That's not interesting. I want to see James Harden. I mean, LeBron's big enough that he can shove guys out of the way. I would allow that. Yeah, I would laugh. I would make it more like football. Like if he's if you're stronger than the guy, you can just shove him out of the way and go to the hoop. It's like minor league hockey, man. Like yes, going to hockey games is pretty fun in person, but a minor league hockey game, even though the talent is pretty pretty minimal, might be as fun as yes. a pro hockey game because it's just it's guys that are probably drunk on the ice, yes. um, slamming into each other. And fighting. Yes. That's what I want. That's what people love about hockey. The NBA's become NBA NFL become very sanitized. So I want I want the I would do the uh, allow fights, allow offense. No, there's no such thing as an offensive foul. I want that. You can't take charges. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I like that rule. Don't you can only take you can only uh, uh, you can only take charges 
And little guys, it should be based on the size of the player. Because I hate when the little guys like get, foul, get take charges from big guys. That should be completely illegal. Like you should be allowed just to run over little guys if they get in the lane. Yeah, <laughs> that just sucks. You got to stay in the outside. There's no reason why Steph Curry should be in the lane. <laughs> That's just he should get hurt. He should really get hurt if he's in the lane. So like LeBron, like guys like LeBron would just dominate, just be strong on everybody else, and they could shove everybody down. Draymond Green could like just fucking kick people in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got, I think we got it there. When Amanda and I started our podcast, The Big Ones, we were pitching it to different podcast networks who just felt that it didn't fit with their slate, which bummed us out. Yeah, and we thought if two girls like us can't make it in Hollywood, who can? No one. We want to make it clear, this is not a podcast network for women. It's a podcast network by women for everyone. But no creeps allowed, and that's a guarantee. So we want to do all sorts of content from hair and makeup shows, you know, to things about culture, politics. I mean, maybe there's a podcast about cars, if we can find a woman who wants to host one. Erios? Oh, I'm in. I can't wait for Erios to exist. I am in full support of Erios. I support Erios and I love it. Go Erios, I love this idea. Give your money and your support to these ladies. Give all your money to the ladies of Erios. Yay, Erios! Give all your money. Give it to Erios. Hi, Matt. I know you love. Uh, I know you love podcasting. I do love. Po- do you listen to other podcasts besides Last Man on Earth? Uh, yeah, I listen to True Crime Garage, mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, uh, Corolla sometimes. There's some good uh, podcasts out there, in addition to the ones that you named. There's, uh, I listen to Fresh Air with Terry Gross and Rachel Maddow, but see, those are shows already that are just in podcast form. Yeah, I would have admitted that last one. <laughs> uh, but what you don't have, Matt, in your podcast networking is an all-female podcast network uh, by women, not necessarily for women, but by women, and no male creeps allowed, Matt. That sounds discriminatory. It sure does. So there's a, a couple uh, a, a young actresses uh, and a woman, plus a woman who used to work with Jack Black. Uh, this is key, as you'll we'll soon discover. She was kind of the gimp they brought in in the video. <laughs> yes. Like, it's us two, and then this other woman who yes. does something unspecified. Yes. It was kind of creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, which, by the way, the other thing she does is she's actually went to school and she knows how to do accounting. <laughs> so she's actually smart. So in Hollywood circles, like for actresses, like this strange, strange, bizarre, gimpy woman is actually the woman who went to college and understands business. Yeah, that's like, if, <laughs> yeah, that's what we think of as the guy version of like an international assassin. Yes, it's like the chick that can uh, chick yeah, a good no number quick books. <laughs> yes, she's she's like got some mist. She's like the the mystic and the thing. <laughs> so it's these two uh, girls who have uh, they've been on a couple Yahoo TV shows. I'm not sure what that means, and have a podcast, and they decide their podcast wasn't getting. Uh, received well by network pod- the various podcast ne- podcast networks that have popped up. Um, by the way, they're women. Uh, they actually didn't assert that in their uh, in their. <laughs> I thought they were going to assert that in their uh, fund ra- on their fundraising page, uh, but they did not actually. They just said, "Wouldn't it be cool that we thought wouldn't it be cool while we we're having coffee? Wouldn't it be cool if there was a network podcast network of just female podcasters?" Yeah. And I don't know why, because the, the podcasting landscape, as you know, is is really heavily inundated with female podcasters. Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's not a dearth of women. This is not like a, a, a boxing. 
Uh, no. Probably half, at least half the people that do podcasts are women, if not more. <laughs> uh, the lady, the lady in the show in the uh, fundraiser video points out that forty four percent of women of the audience of podcasts is women. Like, like that's a, like that's a revel like that's a revelation. Like, oh, I didn't know women were listening to podcasts. Anytime it's close to half, yes. I'm like, what's the point of this stat? Like, <laughs> well, I guess if you would have thought other, I mean, if someone said 44 percent of the NFL audience is women, I might be like, well, that's I didn't know that. Forty percent, forty four percent of UFC uh, pay per views are by women. I would go, that's incredible. But now, now podcast forty four percent seems about right. Yeah, say that. So Makes they're sense. starting this podcast called Erios. I'm sure it has a name that they spent like at least uh, three days coming up with. It's supposed uh, to sound like Oreo. I have no idea what it means, but because one of them was the rela- uh, friends with Jack Black, they got Jack Black to help support them, and they're trying to raise twenty five thousand dollars on Kickstarter to start an all female podcast network. Mind you, they want to let you know it's not not just for female audience; it's for a male audience. Who would listen to it all? Female. But men aren't allowed to be. No, men aren't allowed on. to podcast, and definitely no male creeps allowed. What if Jack Black wanted to be a guest on their podcast? Would that would they make an exception? Are there allowed to be male guests? Oh, I yeah. don't really understand the format. Yes, because if you donate to Kickstarter, you're allowed to be you're allowed to be on the shows. <laughs> so I guess they have to have unless they're not taking donations from men, which I believe they are, because Jack Black's probably the only donor so far. Do they have a female engineer? Because uh, of all the podcasts I listen to, there's not a single one of those. No, I, that's funny. You've mentioned something that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> female engineers. That's funny. No matter no matter the definition of engineer, that's still funny. <laughs> um, so the, the whole idea is like this is nonsense. So they have Jack Black and Seth Rogen, and, and then of course Seth Rogen. He's in every like uh, pro feminist uh, possible thing in Hollywood. He'll put his name on that, uh, and then a bunch of female actresses from uh, various shows, uh, cable shows. Uh, all saying you've definitely got to invest in this all-female network by these lovely ladies. And by the way, have not a single show outlined, not a single guest outlined, uh, not a single – they go, we'll do fashion and makeup and maybe relationships and maybe even cars, Matt, if we can find a female who wants to talk about cars. Yeah, they said in the video, there's – you know, there, uh, I'm paraphrasing. There's not a podcast right now with two women talking about cars. Yes. Like, yeah, I get that. How many women are into cars? I don't know. Why wouldn't you, if you're into cars, listen to one of the ones that already exists, like Top Gear or something? Yeah, and I assume if, like, I assume Danica Patrick could probably start a podcast about cars and be probably pretty popular for some reason. But, you know, I don't know. I, mean, I think they were being cute with that. Yes, I, of I course, th- they're not doing cars. They were, Yeah, but they were, it, they were said, I think they were being uh, facetious, like, we're going to do podcasts about makeup yes. and shoes, and uh, which is you know, most likely what would happen. But I think they were saying that people are saying that that's all they can do, which isn't – no one's saying that. No. No one even, – even, like, misogynists aren't saying that. No. No one thinks that. No one's ever said that to them. No, and they live, so. and, they live and work in a L.A. actress – acting bubble so i'm not sure who is actually their enemy their enemy <laughs> in this thing other than they're trying to raise 25 grand for a business which by the way is not a public service business or a volunteer business or a community-minded business it's a private network podcast they're setting up and they want you to donate to them simply because they're women mm-hmm. uh isn't that sexist yeah and and and, it, and, de- and also isn't that really demeaning to women I mean, there's a, a fair amount of entitlement involved. Like, so what do you do? I'm a woman. No, that's not what I asked. Yes. Like, what do you do? Like, it's not even like, say they had a show about like 
reproductive rights and they were trying to get money for it. I could see like women who supporting them saying, oh, we need more talk about abortion rights or something like that. And, and this is never discussed. And so therefore, I'm going to donate to the show. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't donate myself, but I understand that. But what they're really saying is like, we're going to have some hair and makeup and some celebrity gossip shows just by women and donate money to us so we can start this business. Give us money to start this business. Like, like what are they what are they offering as a public service, and or they're not even offering anything. So on on Patreon, we should go to support Last Men on Earth. People are paying to get content. They're sponsoring content of people they like, shows they like, and they're saying, okay, I get the content you're making already, plus I get additional content. Therefore, I'm paying as a fan of your show. This is not a fan of their show or their network because it doesn't exist. This is just saying like. Go girl, you go, you go girl. Here's five hundred bucks because women are need money, need help. Yeah, I don't know, I, and I, I think too what they're, what they're, they're getting at is that the podcast world is full of these creepy guys, which is probably, I mean, there is some of that. I like Kurt Metzger comes to mind uh, a little bit. Um, yeah, but when you say podcast network, I mean. It's it's a really podcasting is really the kind of thing you have to seek out the shows. It's not like yeah. there's a dominant network in podcasting where like it's not like three channels of TV in the 1960s where you control control America through your three channels. Yeah, no one no one thinks of podcasts as a network, and they're also it, the way their their rationale seems to be like a lot of really inappropriate stuff is going on on podcasts. But podcasts are not like you go in to the network office no. and you're you have a boss and they make you have dane cook on your podcast when you don't want to it's all very autonomous so i don't think anyone's ever been uh sexually assaulted no. on a podcast recording i'm if so i apologize but it's it's obviously very unlikely just given the uh the logistics of it i don't even know uh, i don't even know that there's an underbelly of like sexist podcasts going on i've never even heard of this before it's not like the hustler magazine landscape i don't know this porn well there's sexist podcasts the same way there's like sexist twitter accounts like yeah there's a f there's some that exist but they're not popular no no <laughs> it's not like it's not like the landscape of podcast like it's like this is not like radio there's like on itunes there's like I don't think 93,000 podcasts you can subscribe to. There's everything for any everybody. Well, I'm sure if you brought this up, they would pull a quote of some guy saying something rapey on a podcast and be like, this is why we need this. And it still wouldn't make any sense. No. However, Matt, they have raised $12,000. So I'm thinking I'm going to talk to Jack Black <laughs> and get him to do a, a male a male-only podcast with no, no, female creeps, no female creeps allowed. <laughs> we might discuss th such things as beer. And sports and and guns and, and pussy <laughs> and pussy and other things exclusively re exclusively reserved for men. Aren't the uh, contributions anonymized? Yes, anonymous. They, they would not show the the contributions. A because I don't know why Jack Black just doesn't give him twenty five grand and just shut up and go away <laughs> and put write it off as a, as a charitable donation. Uh, I mean, how how much money could Seth Rogen and Jack, Jack Black and the other? 15 semi-celebrities in their video have given to them if they've only raised $10,000 so far. Assuming not a single soul, intelligent soul outside of Hollywood has given them any money whatsoever. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's a Kickstarter campaign. I want it to fail. So Seth Rogen goes like, Jack Black goes like, look dude, this is a great chance for you to support women in podcasting. Uh, all you gotta do is do a little uh, selfie video and maybe donate 100 bucks. 
like okay dude like like he probably gets that like 20 times a day for different female progressive causes or whatever it might be yeah there's just no thought that goes into this like why like it just female podcast must donate must put on resume. Yeah, yeah, it has the word female in it. I so. support women. This is almost like supporting women in modeling and fashion modeling. Like they've really been kept out. They've really been kept out or something. I want to run an agency for modeling where we really have female models. Yeah, it <laughs> would be, I guess, kind of like starting a female-only YouTube channel or just a YouTube um, service, uh, which is like you, you know we don't we need a thing where women can post vlogs without male creeps and it's like it's almost like you start trailing off once you explain yes, it yes. like what the fuck does that even mean also what the hell are you gonna do with 25 grand i don't understand that i think the entire last man earth budget for the last four years has been 600 bucks yeah cumulatively i don't what are you gonna do with my bar tabs what you, i mean it's yes. free to put up a podcast what are you gonna do with 25 grand here's what i imagine they're gonna do get a really cute little office some <laughs> office space in west hollywood and uh, and and start taking meetings. Mm, <laughs> that's what meetings. I think. That's what I think is so gonna professional. Happen. Yes, you're such a professional person when you take meetings. Because really, just renting out the podcast time is so inexpensive. I don't really know what they're what they're really doing twenty five grand. But taking meetings and having a, a latte machine, <laughs> having a latte machine and a female assistant that they can, they can empower, I think is about it. All right, so Erios podcast, go to Kickstarter and support that uh, if you don't want to give money to uh, Last Man Earth on uh, Patreon.com. Matt, I see in your future one day you're going to marry a really rich girl. That's what I have down for you as your future as your future job. That'd be cool. Wouldn't it be? You think so, or it would be like a nightmare from he- like it's just a hellish landscape of, uh, of a life. <laughs> uh, so Claire Claire Bronfman, uh, Amy wants to know. She wrote us an email. Uh, doesn't the arrest of Claire Bronfman? She was arrested in the latest arrest in the uh, sex cult that Keith Rainier and. Uh, Allison Mack uh, sex cult where they convinced young actresses to join a cult where they would be branded, pubic, pubicly branded, not publicly, but pubicly, uh, and work for free uh, for Keith and then have sex with him when he wanted to if they were skinny enough. I need to read way more on this. <laughs> yes. This is like an onion that just keeps getting <laughs> yes. more and more fascinating. If onions are fascinating, maybe that metaphor didn't make any sense. But uh, I uh, this I haven't done myself enough justice in, in knowing enough about this because it's incredibly fascinating. It is amazing, but I, as I challenge you many podcasts ago, I believe you could start one with really little effort, and uh, but it would help to have an heiress. You I can barely heiress. get a tender date to blow me. I don't think I can <laughs> develop a harem of... Uh, but uh, don't you see this guy, Keith Rainier, as being a guy who probably couldn't get laid and did have trouble with women, and then he invented this way, this cult, and then all of a sudden he had a 100, like, anorexic sex slaves in upstate New York. I mean, I think that's why you start a sex cult, isn't it? I don't think a successful guy starts a sex cult because, like, why would you need to start a sex cult? Well, the word cult should just have sex. There is no difference between a cult and a sex cult. No. <laughs> it's all the same, no. the same thing. But I I don't know. I mean, he's. I would think he's a very charming guy. He has weird hair. He charms women. He charms women. There's something about – and you can never expl- – guys I don't think will ever understand – what it is about these these cult guys who charm women? Like what it is about those guys? Because it's not obvious. It's not like they're not like it's not like it's not like uh, you know Brad Pitt or someone like that who's just getting laid with women. These are like usually a little off. There's something off about these guys. 
Yeah. But women are drawn to them, like some Svengali weird sort of like daddy thing. It's some, there's some whole dynamic that I don't understand. Yeah, and it's very it's it's very covert. You know, they're 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 planting little seeds. They're negging. You know, they're they're whispering things in their ear. Yes. It's it's not like an ostentatious display. No. Unless you're like that yoga guy, but no. usually it's very subtle. You're my f- you're my favorite. I really value you. Like you know, people don't see in you what I see in you. I'm starting my sex call right now as we're, as we're just as we're just talking. So the latest arrest. So Allison Mack was arrested. She's facing 15 to 25 for her part in the se- recruiting women. So we got like B-list actresses involved to be the face of the, the sex cult recruitment, which made sense because like you know she was on Smallville or whatever it was. Like hey, I was on Smallville and I found this guy Keith has really made me help me get these acting roles I really wanted. Uh, and now they arrested Claire Bronfman, the Seagram's, uh, Seagram's uh, Canada Seagram's heiress. Uh, she and her sister were both involved in the cult going way back, and they funded it. And Claire was actually doing money laundering for the cult. These are girls worth, I don't know, what their dad's worth billions of dollars? I think it's like $5 billion. Yeah, Seagram's a giant, the biggest alcohol, what, at one time the biggest alcohol distributor in the world, I think, in the Western world. Um, they got bought up, and they've been bought several times since the last 20 years or so. But huge Canadian, rich Canadian Jewish family. Um, they always call her a Canadian Jew because there just aren't many Jews in Canada. So it's like a, <laughs> it's like a rare thing. <laughs> It'd be like being a black Canadian or something like that. I think they would put black down as well. Um, yeah, they, they do always say Canadian Jew. Although yeah, I picture it's a slightly different breed of... Uh, yeah, they're European. They're Euro- more European. Yeah. Um, I, d- I didn't mean genetic. I just mean like um, culturally. Yes, culturally they're more. They're came from, they came from Europe during uh, you know uh, when the Germans were killing all the Jews in Europe. The rich families left and went. A lot of them went to Canada because the U.S. wouldn't let them in. Mm. So people people forget that often, Matt. Don't forget that it's not just the Hondurans. <laughs> that the uh, U.S. was very uh, very uh, anti bringing the uh, Jews from uh, Germany and Eastern Europe. Uh, when Hitler was rising, and uh, th- that's why they all went to South America and Canada. Well, luckily we're blessed, the human races, because you know they they looked at the uh, oppression of of their ancestors and uh, decided to. Uh, it's the way people work, you know. They're like, well, there's only one thing we can do: get into sex slavery. Yes, that'll correct that whole uh, <laughs> Holocaust deal. I like it. Um, I have no problem with sex slavery. Um, <laughs> so Claire Bronfman so here's the question so she was money laundry for Rainier she was one of the five inner women in his inner circle along with Allison Mack she's facing some serious charges now federal charges and this whole sex cult thing her sister uh, Sarah was not charged for some reason well, Sarah also helps they help set up these fake uh, charity organizations which money was funneled through for the cult mm. which is what they're being arrested for you think money. maybe her sister flipped on her uh, it's possible. This was the doubt. Da- there are two sisters. This was the dowdy. Let's call her the dowdy sister. <laughs> so she's a uh, 39. I thought she was 60. I, I don't, it's not even so much her, um, physical appearance, but she looked like, I think the life was at some point sucked out of <laughs> yes. her. Well, well, so here's the question. Like what kind of billionaire heiress gets involved in a dumbass sex cult where she's, living in a log cabin, serving some dude and like helping funnel millions of dollars in money laundering for him. I mean, how badly do you have to hate your life and your father and everybody else to get involved in that shit? I don't know. That's why I think we're, we're done as a species. Cause it's like, you can do anything you want. Yes. Quite. You can honestly do anything you want. You could probably, you can go to space. 
if you wanted to uh you could you know hang out with uh in the amazon and teach a gorilla sign language you could set the land speed record yes you could do all kinds of vaguely productive things which by the way sounds like uh, the dude from virgin right uh virgin the guy who owns virgin what's his name the uh billionaire oh yeah uh richard branson richard branson that's exactly what he does right he just does super cool shit he's probably a cool guy yeah it's I just don't. So you're like, yeah. Well, what I what I really want to do is is get involved in like sex trafficking of actresses <laughs> to impress this poor creep. <laughs> here's a here's my theory though. I have a theory on this one too. That guys like Richard Branson and other male bil- Trump or whatever else, all these other male billionaires, when guys become successful, they just get more guy stuff. <laughs> like they'll just like. So Richard Branson, instead of like, if you're a millionaire, you take your model girlfriend like DiCaprio to like an island. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson just buys an island and brings like 20 models <laughs> to the island that has sex with them. And everyone else gets a cool, like DiCaprio gets a Maserati and Branson just invents a new supercar rocket car. Yeah. So, like you just get a, a billionaire guy just gets more stuff, more guy stuff, more guy conquest stuff. There does seem to be a tipping point, though, not to you know shoot down your theory, but oh, please, I'm sure the, the Bransons of the world are uh, poverty-stricken compared to the Saudi royal family. Yes. So I guess when you get that kind of money, you just you just get off on hunting humans and yes, like kind of slashing their heads off and shit and like jerking off to the videos. But so my, I, I don't know what that's about or how that factors in. My theory about women being unha- the, the, you know the, we talk about the rich, privileged white women being the most unhappy demographic in this country. It goes even more for like female heiresses. I don't think women can like just buy cars and whores and like and like go to space and like that's what really thrills them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not testosterone driven like hunters. So when they get everything handed to them and they have nothing to do, they just go nuts. <laughs> they just pick a cause. They pick a cause, any cause to find. They need to find. Women need to find nobility in what they're doing. Right. And so they will pick a cause, any cause, including Keith Raniere's. NX, VIM, sex cult. Often that manifests itself as children. You become obsessed with your children and yeah, that, raising them well. That or a call, it could be Planned Parenthood. It could be the PTA mom who's making sure no one like, has any fun. It can be whatever. Something involving cats quite yeah. often. <laughs> Something involving cats. A, poli- a political cause, a social cause, like making sure your neighbors don't play their music too loud. I don't know what it is. It just, you, become, you have to become part of something bigger than yourself, the Homeowners Association president. <laughs> you have to, like, <laughs> women have this need to, like, they just aren't happy when they have everything. Yeah. It's like they've lost, they've lost their, their, their purpose, whereas a man's purpose is just to achieve and to dominate and to spend and to uh, conquer. Which comes full circle by getting them more women. Yes. Uh, in the process. Yes. So it's, it's kind of like once you get that ball rolling, you're, you're pretty golden. That's how Keith Rainier becomes – that's how the sex cult becomes run by a guy, and he has 100 women who are subservient to him, even rich, successful billionaire heiresses who have the whole world in front of them, because he's a guy, and his mentality is like build cults, have women <laughs> – brand, brand women with my brand on their, pub, on their pubes, have se- force them not to eat, have sex with them because I love skinny women – Make them make them make shit for me, and then get billionaire heiresses to launder money for me for, for fake charities. I win. Like, whereas all the other women are like, oh, you they're still to this day like, you don't understand this cult was so this this organization was so helpful to all the women. We were a sorority of ladies <laughs> all helping each other. Like, and Rainier's just got me laughing, going like, oh man, you guys were so fucking easy. <laughs> yeah, it's you got to see through that, even down to the fake like weatherman name. Yes. What's his name? Something Rainier. Keith Rainier. Keith Rainier. Yes. So it sounds very, very Dallas Rains. 
Although I heard Dallas Reigns is that guy's real name. That can't be true. No, that's not even possible. Uh, he is like 80 years old, however. He's, well, he's got the weird, the cult hair. Like yes. Julian Assange is not a, in a cult. Yes. Or But he looks like a cult leader. Like yes. if you had to pick a dictionary cult leader, I would yes. pick Julian Assange. Yes. He looks like, like he has the albino look going. The albino yeah. Going. Kind of a nondescript. Like you don't know what nationality they are. Yeah. They're like. You think they're Swiss, but you have no reason to th- even think they're Swiss. Just I mean, vaguely European, yeah. beady, beady eyes and white hair. Yeah. Oh, they got white hair. I don't even know how you get white hair. Who gets white hair? You got like, to dye it white. Like Steve Martin had white hair <laughs> when he was like 30, and I don't know who else has white hair. It's just an odd like Bond villain kind of look to, like to have going for you. Yeah, or a guy that was struck by lightning. But either way, like, they're, yeah, it's insinuating they're, they're brilliant but, but off- like devious, like every Bond villain is, is brilliant, but he's, yes. uh, you know, he's bad intentions. And he has white hair and he's stroking a cat. Yeah, <laughs> for some reason. All right, Matt. This takes us to our final segment today. The big one: pennies in a bunch, which can only be found as bonus content on Patreon.com. I'm about to play some clips that are very disturbing, Matt, in this <laughs> pennies in a bunch segment for our patron Patreon patrons. All right, Matt. That's our show for today. Is something you're selling? What are you selling yourself on these days? Uh, I don't have much to promote right now. Just, uh, I don't. I got nothing right now. Have you thought about doing kitty porn uh, tweets and uh, <laughs> some, some disturbing, disturbing videos? I'll let you know if I get uh, that hard up for material. You could get a mar- you could get a Marvel directorship. <laughs> uh, visit us on Patreon.com forward slash Last Man Earth. Become a sponsor of the show, a patron of the show. Uh, unlike Erios, we have creepy. Me- we do have creepy. We do have creepy men here. This is Lex. Last Man Earth. Talk to you next week. Thank you.